Don't want to work forever? Once you can cover your living expenses with passive income, your day job becomes optional and you reach financial independence. You then have complete control over your time, your money, and your life in general. Spark Rental founders Denny Suplee and Brian Davis, me, are here to help you build rental income, ditch your day job, and do what matters most to you. So on that note, let's jump into today's episode, which, like all of our episodes, was recorded live. Hey everyone, Brian Davis here from Spark Rental. Excited to be with you today. And I'm excited to have Jay Helms with us. Jay is the co-founder of W2 Capital, a hard money lender and investment company. Let's you invest in hard money loans in addition to real estate investments. He also works with several real estate investing masterminds, teaches investors how to consistently earn money. So Jay, welcome to the show. Glad to have you with us. Brian, thank you for having me. You, uh, I learned something before we even joined this, that Peru has their own standard time zone. <laughs> well, and you know what's going to change here uh, is in a few days, the U.S. is going to change their clocks and Peru is not. Uh, uh, so I'm going to go from being on central time in the U.S. to being on eastern time in the U.S. Uh, we should all just be strive to be Arizona. That's, that's, <laughs> we just need to be, you know, they're leading the charge. I don't know why people aren't following them. But anyway. We're not here to talk about time zones. <laughs> Sorry. Well, yeah, no. Hey, I love it. <laughs> so, Jay, I, I love to start these conversations just asking how you got into real estate investing in the first place because yeah. we all have to start somewhere, right? So, yeah. yeah how, what was that somewhere for you? Yeah. So, it was, um, man, it was about 10 years ago. Uh, this, we just, you know, had a trifecta of life events that was pushing me down, down, down a path to do something differently. I had, I had a, you know, standard W2. I ended up ending my career, you know, in, in the W2 world after about 20 years, I got pushed out, got laid off during COVID, which was the, has been the biggest blessing uh, ever. And then, but prior, you know, 10 years prior to that, uh, the company I was a principal at, uh, little startup, it got acquired. The acquisition was going horribly. Um, I got married, uh, a few months before the acquisition happened. So big life event there. And then a few months after the acquisition happened, um, I, we found out that we were, we were expecting our first child. Right. Oh, wow. And so three big things. I, I principal of this company worked there for, uh, four or five years, no, a little bit longer than that. So kind of, you know, I was employee number five, poured my heart and soul into it. Owners sold it off. It was a train wreck. You know, there's a lot of emotions that when you get married, you don't really know that exist. And then when you start finding out you're about to have a kid, there's even more emotions that you don't, you know, you don't realize and oh, yeah. exist. And so I just kind of got tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I was like, I started Googling what do rich, how do rich people get rich? Right. Ultimately led, led me down the path of rich dad, poor dad. And then we a little purple our, book. Yeah. A little purple Bible for us. Real it's a classic investors. for a reason. <laughs> and ultimately that led us, my wife and I, uh, to close on our first rental property when our firstborn was three weeks old. Oh, wow. So, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, when it, it rains, it pours, right? Yeah, it was, it was, it's been, it's been a wild ride, but it has afforded us the life that we now have. And, uh, you know, you know, financial, it's funny. I feel like I, I work more now, but it doesn't feel like work. Right. 
because we're we're basically financial free and we're nomads and we get to go wherever haven't made it down to peru this is like a new thing for us uh you know and with with uh young kids i'm a little hesitant to to travel outside the states but don't be hesitant people tell me i'm crazy yeah there you go <laughs> it's no harder than traveling around the u.s yeah seriously all yeah. right I keep hearing that. I'm going to pay attention to it one day. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, granted, we only have one. And, you know, yeah. as, as my, my friend back home likes to say, one is like none and two is like 10. And beyond that, it's all just a circus in the background. Yeah. But <laughs> one, one is nothing, Brian. One is nothing. <laughs> no, one's a challenge. Three, uh, you know, there are nine, six, and four. And so, I don't know. Maybe we're crazy. I don't know. <laughs> You're not crazy, but I, I, I love know. that you guys have crossed over into the nomadic lifestyle. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's It's been amazing. Last couple of years have been truly, truly amazing. So, well, just as a quick aside, where have you guys been as, as nomads? Yeah. So we have, we have this thing where, uh, we, you know, of course we got the map of the U S and so we're picking off those states as we go through, but, uh, we have, if we if we have a what is it a meaningful event or spend the night in a state then we get to color it in right and yeah. so we yeah, have yeah. done um uh half half the u.s and so midwest northeast spent a lot of time this last summer uh in colorado and montana and utah uh summer before that we were in uh the northeast uh loving us some maine and vermont and you know, we live in Florida uh, half of the year now, so uh, we get our beach time in the Emerald Coast. So it's 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 amazing. It's just it's amazing. We'll, we'll eventually get tired of, of and we drive everywhere. Right. So it's a little bit a little bit challenging, but it's um, I think we'll eventually get tired of driving and then we'll fly to wherever. And then I think we'll we'll get the passports and start hopping over the line. <laughs> Well, let me know when you're ready to go overseas and uh, I'll give you some uh, okay. some recommendations. Uh, we've Absolutely. lived all over the world and traveled most of it or a lot of it. <laughs> so, awesome. All right. Well, anyway, uh, got got sidetracked by the siren yeah, yeah, call yeah, yeah. Of, of travel there. Uh, it's a, a huge passion of mine, as you can tell. Uh, yeah. But real estate is also a passion of mine. So you bought your first rental property nine years ago, it sounds like. And how do you, have you scaled up since then with your real estate investments? Like what, yeah, what has the, changed for you? The, the quick answer is I got open to partnerships, came open to, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, even to this day, my wife will laugh when I say I have trouble asking for help. And she's like, that's such an understatement. Like you don't, yeah, <laughs> you know? And so, but I, I, I started looking around and seeing how these, these folks were scaling and it wasn't just one person that was being interviewed or one person in a blog post, there was multiple. And I'm like, all right, where are those people in my, my, uh, circle? And uh, I didn't have any. And that was, that was one of the big things that I had to get comfortable with is a knowing how to ask for help. The second thing is knowing uh, how to receive it. Yeah. Right. And so that has been the biggest, if I can go back and look and, you know, even my wife, I, I consider her, uh, a pivotal partner in, in our growth because she's, where I'm more conservative, she's more, I wouldn't say pushing the envelope, but she's, she's more, she has a, uh, what, what's the phrase I like to say is, uh, she has a clear, uh, sharp. She's, she's smarter than me. Let me just put it that way. She's smarter <laughs> than me. And so, um, so she really pushes me to, to think differently and, and 
transparent. And one of the things that frustrates me about our relationship is I will, um, I'll be grinding on an issue or really thinking about a property. Hey, what can we do here? What can we do here? And I'll do that for weeks and I'll go to her, explain her the situation. And instantly she gives me the most brilliant answer. And it's the most frustrating thing that I, <laughs> I, I have to endure, but I'm glad and I'm learning and I'm learning that I don't need to grind on that for weeks. Just, she's really smart. Just, just initially go to her like, Hey, <laughs> here's the deal. Well, you know, it's not always the easiest thing to ask <laughs> people for help. And it, it's often, often it doesn't even occur to, to you. To, yeah. I mean, this is something I struggle with as well. You know, a lot of time people who are entrepreneurial, you know, they got there because they're kind of mavericks or free spirits or independent. Right? <laughs> Mad you know, scientist is the term yeah, I like to use these days. Yeah. You know, you're, you're used to kind of just getting things done yourself and that makes it really hard to, to scale and grow and bring other people in and, and form partnerships and yeah. to hire employees. Um, and, and to ask for help. Uh, it's something that I, I struggle with too. So I, I totally sympathize. Half the time, it doesn't even occur to me to, to go out and, and ask for help. help. Yeah, yeah. So, you yeah. know, you, you end up banging your head against the wall when someone else could have just given you the answer in five minutes. Yeah. So I, I yeah. totally sympathize with that. <laughs> anyway, I, I, we interrupted yeah. your, your, your train of thought there. And I have no idea where I was going with that. But yeah, th just partnerships is the biggest thing is help, help to scale. And, you know, I, I, um, let me think back where I was trying to go. And, and so, you know, being you're in Peru, there's, I don't know how many local meetups there are for us based real estate investors. And I'm, you know, when I was, uh, when we had closed a couple of properties, I'm, I'm an introvert by personality type. Now I'm growing out of that entrepreneurship would definitely push you out of that. Um, matter of fact, I'm ex I'm going to have coffee with a couple of investors I've never met before Thursday morning. And I'm super excited about it. And that is not normally I'm, I'm like nervous and trying to figure out, figuring out an, an excuse to, to get out of it. Right. But now I'm, <laughs> I'm excited to do that. But when we first started doing this, you know, I, I was total introvert, didn't want to, didn't want to go anywhere. And so we, I basically started up a virtual meetup, uh, using zoom right? This is back in 2018 for anybody really knew what Zoom was. And um, uh, that community has really grown. And, and not only that, but some of my uh, best friends and partners are in that group, right? And it's because I got to know them. And, and one thing I like to talk about when we're talking about real estate investing is, you know, you can look up a million podcasts on it, you know, establishing your investing criteria, nobody's ever really talked about establishing your partnership criteria. Right. And I think it's hugely important, especially, you know, there's that saying the only ship that doesn't sell is a partnership. Right. And I think that is true when people go outside their partnership criteria. And if you don't have a partnership criteria, you're out of it already. You're, you're way, you know, who knows, who knows where you are, right. You, you don't, and you should. And so that's one thing I like to talk to people about is, you know, I think the way to grow is through partnerships, but you got to know who you're willing to partner with. Right. Well, you know, they, they say that business partnerships are just like a marriage without the sex. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. But when people, when people are dating and they're looking for a, a life partner, you know, they typically do have a, a somewhat clear sense of the broad type of person that they want. Right. Yep. So, you know, it's the same thing in a business relationship. You need to get really intentional about the kind of people who you want to partner with and what your, like you said, your criteria for partnership, because 
not everyone is an appropriate partner for you, right? Not everyone is an appropriate partner, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I totally get that. So, you know, tell us about some of the partnerships that you have been working on. You've been that you've been building. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we've we've done as far as partnership concerns. There, I think I can check all the boxes. We've we've been a general partner. We've been limited partners. Uh, currently active in a joint venture. Uh, in, in two joint ventures, one is a uh, 16 unit apartment complex. The other one is the hard money lending that we were talking about earlier and, um, or probably before we were recording. <laughs> and so all of those I've learned, you know, some things along the way and, and, you know, just kind of give you a brief overview of, of my partnership criteria. Number one, I, I know Brian, you're probably the same way, but when people find out who you are and what you do, they're like, Hey, I want to partner with you on a deal. Right. Or I'll get at least once a week, I'll get a message in one of uh, one of the direct message social media platforms. Hey, you got this deal. I want to partner with you on it. Like, who are you? You know, like <laughs> we're connected, but I don't know you. And so one of the, one of the things I've just had to, to make this rule is um, I've got to know you for at least six months. Right. Yep. And that usually pushes the car, tire kickers out of the way, meaning that when somebody messaged me and I said, look, I'm happy to look at this property with you. I just want you to know that I don't partner with anybody then unless I really know them for at least six months. And so, in, you know, I'll go ahead and tell them, I said, that doesn't mean we get on a phone call today and we get on a second phone call in six months. That's not what I'm talking about. Like I, I need to get to know you. And most every time, 99% of the time. Yeah, that's great. Hey, uh, um, when can we get on a call? And I'll, I'll tell them and they never schedule it. Right. And so it filters those folks out. So I got to get to know you. I, like I really got to know, get to know you. The second thing, and this is probably the more controversial one, is if somebody's been divorced more than twice, <laughs> I, I won't partner with them. And there's two reasons why. Either A, and back to your marriage example, right? But that, uh, either A, they don't know how to make good decisions when it comes to people, or B, they don't know how to treat other people. And neither one of those do I need to do I need to mess with, right? I, I give everybody a pass. You know, they they make a mistake, they get married young because of certain reasons, you know, whatever. But if it happens again, and then it happens again, you know, it's like there's there's a pattern, there's a, almost a, there's a trend there that I don't think I need to get involved in. And and you know, not only do I not want to deal with whatever drama may be coming from that partner. But if they're married and they go through a split up or they get divorced and you're still partners on a deal, that complicates a lot of things, I imagine, on, on the back end. So I just try to stay away from from I don't try. I stay away from folks like that. <laughs> no, I get it. And honestly, you know, if I were a single person today, and I'm, I'm not, of course, but if, yeah. if I were and I were out in the dating scene, it would make me very nervous to date someone who had been divorced more than twice. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Should be. Yeah. So, so no, I, 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 I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. So you got, you're a hard money lender. That, yep. That's correct. That and is one of it, our, one of our uh, income streams. Right. In say. addition to yeah. being a, a sponsor, a, a GP doing real estate syndication deals. So, you and you raise money for these hard money loans from passive investors, LPs. Correct. Yeah, we have uh, we have a pool of private lenders, and we're always looking for private lenders. And and uh, basically, you know, this this hard money lending business basically was born out of our community. 
because we we have you know so many calls every month where we get on zoom or or whatnot and we're chatting and i kept hearing folks in the community complain about hey i got this really great deal but i don't know how to navigate private or hard money they were scared of it or whatnot and i was like all right there's an opportunity here and so i partnered with a couple of guys who were some of the original members of the community and uh, we created this business and basically we've all got connections and we we keep building those connections right of people who want to be more passive and still be in first lean position and they're okay with our underwriting and and so it is extremely passive for them and especially since we service the loan for most of them some of them choose for us not to do which is which is fine uh, but basically, uh, they have one action, uh, you'd say two, they have, the first action is to make sure they wire the money at closing, right. For the purchase. And the second action is just to make sure we're doing what we said we're going to do and they get those monthly distributions. So it's extremely passive for them. Out of curiosity, what kind of, uh, interest or fees or you know, what, what are you paying out your, your passive investors for these hard money loans? Yeah, so we're in, uh, this is October 2023, so just timestamp it, right? So we'll yeah, see where yeah, this yeah, goes yeah. in the this, future. This episode will probably not air for another couple of months. Yeah, and so uh, right now, it's anywhere, it depends on the deal, it depends on the borrower, uh, but it's anywhere from 10 to 12%. All right, and here's a question. So we, Denny and I recently talked to a hard money lender. Um, yeah because you know we, we run a real estate investment club and every month we, we vet deals and you know we all group our money together to invest in deals nice. as a club um and you know we've, we've considered investing in hard money loans and investing money with hard money lenders before but i have yet to find a compelling reason to do so rather than just spreading money on the ground floor at like yeah 20 30 bucks alone across thousands of loans yeah um, because you know there there is risk involved of course um yeah. and a certain percentage of those loans are going to default so you know the idea of investing a lot of money in any one loan makes me uncomfortable given sure. that you know there is going to be a percentage of those that default so but if you if you spread out the money across thousands of loans then it becomes predictable right you know yeah, you're going to have a default a default rate and uh you can just bake that into your your final return calculations Correct. Um, so make that case to us. It, why, yeah. why should people invest money with you in a hard money loan? Uh, potentially a lot of money in a single loan, uh, as yeah. opposed to spreading it across a whole bunch of different loans. Yeah. So great question. One of the things that you got to understand is our average loan is about 200,000, right? So depending on where that is and the guys who are our private money lenders on the back end, that's not a lot of money to them. Right. Anyone. So I think it's it, it, it is not for everybody, uh, but a lot of them, you know, there's here's one thing. Let me let me go down this. I haven't been asked this question, so let me formulate this answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got other questions for you if you want to no, 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 come no, back I, to this in, in a two minutes from now. <laughs> no, I don't want I don't want to dodge it. Basically, here's what happens on, uh, let's say that two hundred thousand. Right. So we will we will do up to at the moment we do up to 90 percent of the purchase price right so the borrower is putting 10 percent down he's also paying for all the closing fees and in broker fees and origination fees and they have to have money to start the rehab on their project right okay for the first draw before they for the first draw first. correct yeah 
Correct. So then our our lender is you keeping the rehab portion of that money in a money market account that's probably earning about, you know, 5% say today, right? But they are being paid on, let's say that 200,000, they only loaned 120,000 for the purchase and the other 80 is for, or other 70, whatever round numbers, right? The other 80 will, will be held back for rehab draws. The borrower is going to pay on the full 200,000. Right. The moment they the moment we close their first monthly payment is going to be somewhere around two thousand bucks. So our lender, they've only issued out one hundred twenty thousand for the purchase. The remaining 80 is sitting in a money market account where it's earning five percent. Right. So technically, the lender themselves, they're earning interest 12, on two places. On, correct. They're, they're right. essentially double dipping. Right. So they're yeah. getting 17 percent on their money. Plus they get, a, uh, typically it's around a point of origination at closing. So, ah. you, you know, you're above, you're above 17%. I don't know a lot of funds that offer 17%. You know? No, that, okay. That was a great answer. You made a good case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because so, yeah, for, so I, I have my own personal money, some of it invested in ground floor. And again, it's, it's spread across thousands of loans. Right. Um, but when you invest in ground floor loans, you do not get the fees. That's that's what ground floor gotcha. earns, right? They I get the fees. Uh, and of course, you're not getting that that double dip uh, interest either. Uh, so you know, I've I typically earn like nine to ten percent on those loan loans total, yeah. um, and I feel pretty confident about the risk factor because you know it is there's it's just a certain across. percent of them that are going to default, and that is what it is. Um, yep. It's just baked in. So all right, so you made a good case. You get the <laughs> you get the fee, and you get the the double dip interest. Uh, yeah. Awesome. And so what kind of real estate investments are you guys doing? Are you guys raising money as J, uh, as general partners for right now? Um, those have been slim and few and far between right now. Just the case of the market. You know, there were some folks who got very, a majority of the folks, and usually it's multifamily properties, right? Um, we haven't done one of those in a couple of years. The last one we did was a joint venture because that's where the numbers made sense. It didn't make sense as a, as actual syndication. And, um, the, um, uh, there was a, where was I going with that? There was a lot of people who got really excited about three and four caps and was, you know, just kind of forced the market to, I think it's going to implode. And we're starting to see some of those, you know, in the last couple of years, they're coming up on their refinance and where they locked it in at two and 3%. Now they're ballooning up to eight. They're not going to cash flow. They're not going to be able to hit distributions. And ultimately they're going to try to sell them and they're going to have to sell them at a discount. And we're starting to see some of that already. Uh, matter of fact, I was talking to a guy yesterday who uh, is part of a, um, uh, it's a 12 or 16 unit and, and they're getting ready to hand over, uh, the deed in lieu of foreclosure because of that very wow. same thing. And so it's, it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, I always wondered, um, how so many people drowned on the Titanic, right? I'm going to take it, take a 180 on here, but there were a lot of people who were running on that ship saying, Hey, we're sinking, we're sinking. You guys need to put on a life jacket at least just put on a life jacket no we're not sinking man the, the sky's the limit we're gonna go you know go and i i correlate that to what the real estate industry has been doing the last couple of years in the multifamily space especially in that 
there were a lot of folks, including myself, and I was a little early, right? I was a little early saying, Hey, we're, you know, we're not doing, you know, we're not doing anything. We're not, we're sinking things. Things are going to pop. And I was like, no, man, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. It's like, I hope I am, but it turns out I'm, I'm not, you know, I was early, but I was, I was not wrong. And so I, I think we're, we're going to see a lot more of that unless the fed steps in and, and, you know, plummets the interest rates as fast as they took them up. Yeah. And, and we have, we have seen a rise in distressed sales and multifamily. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you know, I, I am personally not a fan of, of timing the market. I, I do yeah. dollar cost where every month I just invest the same amount of money in new real estate deals, new, you know, stock investments. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there, there is a, you can, you can see the market movement. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been ugly to real estate over the last year and a half, two years, um, yeah. you know, since the beginning of 2022, when interest rates just skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, so you've seen cap rates go up. Uh, you've seen defaults on loans go up. You're, you're seeing sponsors uh, in trouble now, the people who yeah. did not themselves adequately and who did not underwrite their deals conservatively enough. Uh, we're yeah. seeing it. So uh, yeah, we I think are finding opportunities. Uh, you know, well, I don't know because I've had this conversation with a couple of people, and I'll, I'd like to get your take on it. And because one of the things uh, we've been talking about is, all right, to save this whole thing, to save this whole machine, uh, interest rates need to drop, right? And I'm thinking, well, true, but if interest rates drop and there's still no new supply you know, for the demand, what's that going to do to the prices for the properties that are out there? Right. I think we're going to jack back up to like three or four caps and they just don't make sense. But what, what's your, what's your take? If interest rates were to drop, let's say we get around five, maybe 6%. What do you think that's going to do to the market? Well, I mean, for, for the fed to start cutting interest rates, uh, the economy needs to get into some trouble, right? I mean, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's been forecasting a recession for, for several years now well, and it yeah, just hasn't happened um so is it know, because I mean, they keep printing money 3.6 right now so yeah it, it, the fact that it would take a recession for the fed to cut interest rates means that the recession gets get becomes part of that first. conversation about <laughs> yeah. what's going on in the market right um so yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> That's a better answer. <laughs> I mean, I'm no economist, and I, you know, obviously, I'm looking at my crystal ball. That's where I get my answers from, and and so, but I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily. I think you're smarter than me because you can sit back and say, I don't know where I feel like <laughs> I have to give my opinion. You know. <laughs> well, yeah. I, here's what I will say about that: is that every time that I've tried to get clever with my investments and, and you know time the market or pick and choose individual mm. stocks or you know do any of that those like you know i'm so clever kind of maneuvers yeah. you know think that i'm smarter than everyone else out there you know i, I get you served a huge slice of humble pie <laughs> by the universe <laughs> so now i just dollar cost average you know with my stocks i just dollar cost average into index funds with my real estate i just dollar cost average into different real estate syndication deals across yeah. many different types of properties many different geographical markets many different sponsors uh knowing that some of those are gonna not do well right and some mm. of them are gonna do great and most of them will just be kind of somewhere in the middle of that bell curve yeah. and it's all going to even out in the end. Um, but gotcha. you know, if we do have a recession, you know, rents, 
recessions are are typically kind to rents, or at least rents mm-hmm. don't usually drop in recessions. Now they actually have dropped in some markets over the last year, but that's unusual. Normally, the risk in recessions to multifamily is higher vacancy rates, higher default rates, and evictions and turnover rates, uh, right. all of which are expensive to to multifamily to operators. And, you know, which impact the NOI, right? So that's going to also reduce values there. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't I don't see the the ship writing within the next two years, really. I mean, if I'm going yeah. to, if I'm going to gaze into my crystal ball, which you know, I just said, <laughs> we shouldn't gaze into the crystal ball. <laughs> it's so tempting but, though. It's so tempting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't mind investing in deals every month right now because, you know, those deals will probably not sell for another five years. Yeah. I, I don't I don't see it being a great market for selling multifamily real estate syndications for at least three years from now, yeah. uh, maybe longer. Um, so, you know, when I'm when I'm looking at deals, I, I like to see longer term financing, which is not always available. Yeah, but, you know, low interest yeah. like we did a we did a deal in our club a month or two back where the sponsor was assuming uh, a loan at like 4% interest and it had like nine years remaining on it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's that right there is exactly what I, I want to see. I don't know what the rest <laughs> of it looks like, but that would spark my interest for sure. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that gives them plenty of runway for the market to do all kinds of terrible things and then recover, you know, yeah. which at some yeah. point in the next nine years, I have no doubt that the market yeah. will recover. Sure. But will it recover in three years from now, in five years from now, in seven years from now? You know, I, I don't know. Uh, Who knows? <laughs> but nine years, that's probably enough runway, right? Yeah. So yeah. No, that's good. Uh, anyway, was it interest only? Went down a little it, bit of a rabbit hole there. <laughs> no, no I'm, I'm curious though. Was it interest only for 10 years? No. Um, I don't think so. I, I don't remember. This was actually, it was a fund that was buying uh, several hotels, actually. Gotcha. Um, hotels that were right next to a, a big military base and just had plenty of ongoing demand. It was, it was a non-sexy yeah. kind of investment. These were what they call select service hotels. You know, so these okay. are not like resorts or anything fancy. It yeah, was just yeah, yeah. corporate travelers, business travelers, uh, contractors, you know, military contractors, stuff like that. Um, gotcha. But okay. which is very steady. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they basically have the same occupancy rates month in, month out, year in, year out. Um, it's basically Section Eight without the troublesome tenant, because I mean, it's backed by the government, right? If you're, if you're exactly with government contractor, so it's it's good. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, so I but the point being that the the financing on that deal made me very happy, and to me that made the deal. Um, and you know, we have invested in deals with shorter financing. Uh, those just make me a little bit more nervous because it is unclear in this moment when the the market will recover. You know, it will recover at some point, uh, and I think you know these real estate syndication deals, many of which have a you know four, five, seven year uh, time horizon, that is enough time for for the market to recover most likely. But the problem is a lot of these sponsors are getting like two or three year loans, right? Yeah. And at the end of that loan term, you know, yes they can usually be extended for a year or two longer, but your interest rate cap is toast at that point, right? Yeah. So if interest rates continue rising or if they stay elevated for the next three years, then that is, that's a risk, right? You're, you are taking yeah. on that interest rate risk uh, in a way that you don't when you're assuming a low interest <laughs> loan with nine yeah. years remaining on it. Uh, that's, so. that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Anyway, Jay, 
<laughs> how can people connect with you if they are interested in learning about what you guys are up to, investing in some of your your real estate syndication deals, or investing with you as a hard money lender, or maybe borrowing yeah. from you? Uh, yeah, yeah, all 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 of the above apply, and um, so um, uh, the best social uh, most active on is LinkedIn. And so it's just LinkedIn. Uh, just look for me, Jay Helms, on there. You'll see some W2 Capitalist stuff. Um, uh, or if you want to, if you want to check out what we've got going on in the W2 Capitalist community, it's just w2capitalist.com. So awesome. Yeah. Well, Dave, thank you so much for joining us today. It was super fun. We hope to have you back soon. And guys, if you enjoy these conversations that we have, please rate review the podcast. You know, give us an honest review. We, we can take it. Uh, but you know, please, that 30 seconds that it takes you to leave a review makes the world of difference to us. So thank it. you guys for listening and we'll catch you next week. Same place, same time. Catch you on the Thanks, flip side. Did you know we offer a free eight video course on how to reach financial independence with real estate? It's super bingeable with each video around 10 minutes long, but packed with information. Visit sparkrental.com slash learn for instant access. And please don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you on the flip side. Yeah.